Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Live from the 6th and Peabody studio and across the Outkick network, this is Outkick 360 with Jonathan Hutton, Chad Withrow, and Paul Kuharski. Out of the gates, ready to go. Outkick 360 is back. Tuesday edition is here. That means John McClain will join us in an hour. We are live from 6th and Peabody with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. Glad you're with us. As the greatest of all time makes it official, Tom Brady is retiring. Along, we, guys, we along the way discussed this news. Paul, you and or Armando and myself discussed this on Saturday, and then we were wondering, okay, he, he hasn't made it official yet. What are we waiting on? We get to Monday's show. We're discussing everything from the weekend and the fact that everybody close to Brady was saying that he hadn't made up his mind and he was taking his time. Then last night's podcast with Jim Gray, the Let's Go podcast, he says he's going to take as much time as he needs to make uh, uh, the determining factors of uh, why or why not he will or will not uh, retire. And then this morning, the announcement on Instagram. What's up, guys? Kind of silly for him to to do the podcast and then so quickly turn. Like, at least give yourself a day to make it look like you actually weren't just lying on the podcast, which he was. But, I mean, it's his story to do with what he will, and so he just lied on the podcast. Well, did you hear it? I don't it? know why bother. I, I, I read transcripts. Well, he didn't, he didn't lie. He, he didn't say he wasn't retiring. He said he, said he hadn't made up his time. mind. He said, I want to do it when I want to do it, right. basically. He said, I understand that reporters, we live in an information age where they're rushing to be first to get something, and I don't begrudge them for doing that job. But this is something that I'm I'm going to announce my decision when I come to it and when I want to make the decision. But it was roughly twelve hour between yeah, the, the, the podcast one thing he, coming out and the Instagram. The one thing out. he didn't do was retire on the podcast, but he didn't lie on the podcast either. I mean, it, yeah, he didn't lie. He uh, also it's uh, I joked yesterday. He didn't say anything. This could be another big moment for Jim Gray if he tells Jim Gray when he asks him that he's retiring, but he saved that retirement announcement for Instagram. I took it as he just didn't want to announce it on his podcast. He wanted to wait until the next day to do it on Instagram for whatever reason. And I thought it was funny that some colleagues, uh, most notably Ed Werder, want to throw a parade for Schefter and, uh, and Darlington being right. Schefter and Darlington are supposed to be right. I mean, they're going to get crucified if they're wrong, but you don't get a parade for being right. You're supposed to be right. The job is to be right. They were right. Good job by them. But I'm not throwing a parade for them being right. That's their job. Yeah. Well, and it's also, let's go back to the speculation. Hutton, you do discussed it last week. We talked about it yesterday. They're doing a show with ESPN called Man in the Arena that's got a 10th and final episode coming out in a couple weeks. We'll see what's in there. I, I'm willing to bet if there's some talk of his retirement with his family, with him, well, gee, I wonder where ESPN got that information about the retirement. So I still find the whole thing strange that I, I believe that both Darlington and Schefter got a hold of a, basically an internal leak from ESPN that saw the retirement announcement. They watched it with their own eyes, the clip, 
and they scooped their own network. It was Mortensen, I think, that, that the post I'm referring to, not Werder. But then, then ESPN didn't care that they got scooped by their own employees. They, they promoted the, the news breaking throughout the day. So the, the whole thing is just odd. I don't know that anyone did anything wrong in all of this. And the biggest takeaway from his uh, you know, eight-page Instagram retirement announcement is not one mention of the Patriots. Though he has since, he has uh, since posted something posted separate some about the Patriots. The Patriots. Okay. And he made a big deal out of the Patriots. It's a big thank you stuff when he left the Patriots. Well, my, so my thing was it's going it to be a separate, shocking. I'm retiring from the Bucks. I'm going to now do something in New England. There's going to be a return and another big announcement about something, you know, retiring uh, as a Patriot also. That, that's the way I took it, not some huge slight. I was on with Dan Dockich uh, in Indianapolis just like an hour ago. He raised a very interesting question that I thought we should, we should discuss. Were the Patriots right? Uh, you know, let them go a year too early as opposed to a year too late? No. He played they were great. Not right. He played great for it's two still years. still not a year too late. Control of him. But he goes out on top and he, still, he, he, he just led the league in touchdowns and yards. So it's not a year too late at all. Well, in terms of his play, but in terms of his desire to play, it's a uh, it, it's not a bad question because are the Patriots now at quarterback in better shape than the Bucks? I guess is another way to frame the. Well, question. what did they go the year after are. he left? Six and Patriots, 10? yeah, they something like that with Cam Newton bottomed out. Maybe seven. I mean, the only way that I would say uh, it was the right move is if they bottomed out the next year, get the number one, number two overall pick, and then have that franchise quarterback you know for sure in that spot. I can't say that they made the right decision because where did Mac Jones get drafted? 15th? Yeah, I mean, they, they took a mid-first-round mid round pick at quarterback that we still don't know how good he is in the long run. <laughs> He's playing in the Pro Bowl, which is really That's funny. So Pro Bowl is such a joke. It is. Um, <laughs> He's going in forward, Going game. forward right now, you'd rather be the Pats than the Bucks. The only thing is, if the Bucks can can find themselves a quarterback, I mean they're in they're further behind in the rebuild stage because of all the guys they're going to lose. But I think we're going to keep saying this: you'd rather be rebuilding in the NFC. <laughs> like it, you've got less of a gap to close, fewer teams to close a gap on because, as we're talking about, the quarterback thing is AFC, AFC, AFC. Well, compared yeah. between the two, I'd still rather be Tampa. I know moving forward it's a little bit different, but they won a Super Bowl. Yeah, in but the exchange. That's, so that's to me it's great. apples and oranges because we physically watched Tom Brady in 2019. That clo- that team was not close to a Super Bowl. Yeah, and 2020 no. wouldn't have been. And he Absolutely he wasn't not. very good that year. So no. I mean, it was a reasonable ending. We all we've discussed this then. Yeah. It was a reasonable ending for both sides at that time. And what he did after that is another incredible chapter of his story. I don't think you know. I, he probably didn't surprise himself. But I think virtually every I, the Bucks were probably surprised they got it that good. I'm, I certainly think Belichick uh, and, and New England wasn't focused on it. But I think if you put them on truth serum, they were surprised he got that good again, based on how he finished in New England. And we all got a bonus two years. They clearly identified that whatever was going on in New England wasn't because he was taking a dip. Right, like he was dipping in his uh, production, but it wasn't his physical abilities that were keeping him from doing other the things. The Bucks did. The, 
The Bucks figured that out. Yeah, I mean, well, I think the Bucks would have taken a flyer anyway. Like even if you, well, maybe his well, arm's not that but, great anymore. We'll but work keep around. In mind, that. It wasn't. Um, we're we need to. Uh, Tom Brady needs to sell us. That tour was all about the organization selling him. It was the Chargers, or it was it was Tampa, and he chose Tampa. Yeah, and there was early dalliance with with San Francisco. I mean, there were a lot of teams that would dip their toe in the water. But I think what I'm but saying is a lot of those teams, those two teams. But I think a lot of those teams early on would have taken a diminished Tom Brady and been pleasantly surprised that his arm turned out to be to have as much. The juice Tennessee left. Titans should have signed him. They should have. Yeah. yeah. In hindsight, a lot of teams should have signed. Him. I think it was just time. I mean, I don't look at it as winners and losers between the Patriots and the Bucks. It was time for him to move on. He clearly wasn't confident in the direction the Patriots were heading. They'd already won six Super Bowls together. And he wanted and He some was freedom. so quick to get some rid of freedom. the ball that, that yeah. final season. That was the biggest thing to me. It wasn't a, a physical decline as much as he was just in a hurry to throw the ball at the feet of his offensive lineman because he wasn't fully confident in what was going on. It was, I think, best for both sides to move on. Clearly, it was good for Brady. Year one, he goes to Tampa and wins a Super Bowl. But I also don't think that New England is some big loser in all this. I think it was just time no, and for both away. sides to part ways and try something different. And I also think the way Tom Brady ticks, it helped him improve. You knew wherever he was going to go, whether it be the Titans, the Bucks, the 49ers, Chargers. whatever team signed him, he was going to be rejuvenated. He was going to look five years younger wherever he went because that's how he operates. Well, also, I think it's way different. You know, throw the other 31 teams in a basket. If you move from one to another, it's, it's similar. But moving away from the Belichick tight team control, all of that stuff, there's a certain freedom that he gained that clearly he was looking forward to having a couple years out of, out of that. Yeah, but thrived I, I, in it, but was looking forward think, to experience. I don't think it. it bothered him being going the Patriot way, though. No, I, not. I don't, I don't think that was ever an issue. He was doing this podcast for years prior with Jim Gray. It, this wasn't just a Tampa Bay thing. No, but it clearly, I think at the end, he wanted out of that whole construct to see what it was like to not be in it, and thrived out of it as as we all suspected he would. I don't know that we suspected it would be. I didn't think he was going to go automatically win a Super Bowl somewhere else. I was surprised at just how good it was, which was, which was, makes were. the mythology that much greater. Well, on top of everything else, he was right in the middle of COVID protocol. Everything was shut down. Yeah, the most difficult circumstances. And he's going, to, you know, he's going and holding workouts and making sure they're ready to go. And he's getting, you know, his buddy to unretire. He's yes, getting Antonio yes. Brown under control. He's, you know, getting Leonard Fournette, who was a dog in Jacksonville, to to work. You know, uh, elevates the play of Chris yeah. Godwin. I mean, it, there's all all these different ways to point to it, and he still averaged. I mean, he didn't average 40 passes per game. It felt like it. I mean, they, they threw, threw the ball a lot. They threw the ball a lot in Tampa. And, and I think that Tom Brady's always self motivated. So don't take this as I think that he was lacking in motivation, and that's why they struggled in the end with the Patriots or any of that. But it definitely helped him. You want to go prove a bunch of people right now. I, I think there was a chip on his shoulder that, oh, I'm a system quarterback. Oh, I'm a, I'm a product of the Patriot way. And it's really Belichick and not me. I think he needed a fresh look at things and a new team. And it, it, it proved itself out that that's what was needed. And I think Belichick, I, I, we're never going to you know hear an open Bill Belichick about all this, but part of me thinks it's good for him too. 
to, to maybe extend out past Tom Brady and see what he can do at the end of his career. And he's got time to yeah, write his story. I don't story know how now. much longer he's going to coach, but I'm thinking this is we're, – we're clo- way closer to the end than the beginning, obviously, with Bill Belichick. So now it's his t- turn to prove himself and his system and bring in a new quarterback and groom that quarterback, not to be the next Tom Brady, but to be the next championship quarterback for the Patriots and prove his system and his coaching again. He doesn't have to do that. He's one of the all-time greats either way. Same for Tom Brady. Tom Brady went and proved it. Bill Belichick is in the process of trying to prove it now. I think it was. it's a good fresh start for both of them. Okay, so I now imagine... now it's a fresh start for Brady in retirement. You guys, as I do, have super disciplined friends who you make fun of or who drive you crazy. I have tried, as I've gotten older, to cut them more of a break. I need more of that discipline. I don't need to go all the way there, but I need to go part way there. Right, but I make fun of a friend who eats eight almonds at lunch as a snack. Does Tom Brady eat real ice cream somewhere no. in the next month? No. Does he try a strawberry? Is he let his hair down and oh, go crazy in some way, shape, or form? I haven't heard that one. Well, tomato- Nora Prince Prinsotti, I think, is her name. The no strawberry from The Ringer did like a three. That's tough. A three tweet post today where like. He sees a strawberry on the counter. He's tempted. He eats it. He automatically ages all the years he hasn't aged and is unrecognizable. Giselle comes home, doesn't even know who that guy is, and he ends up working at a Whole Foods market the rest of his life. What if he just I mean, goes, goes on a, you know, a bender? Yeah, and he's going to drink more. I mean, you know, the, the moment the season ended last year, he got hammered and nearly fell off a boat. And fell off right. a, a dock. Well, I mean, we know drinking was th- not one of the things that was not allowed. Yeah, entirely. well, letting his hair down is going to be he's going to drink more, but he's not going to change his diet drastically. He's not. He's going to be not as disciplined, but his life is going to feature a ton of discipline. But will he eat regular ice cream? Will he eat a strawberry, no. which isn't even bad also, for you? Also, where is he going to go eat regular ice cream? You think well, Giselle, you can have it brought to you? You think Giselle's buying ice cream, putting in that house? I mean, they're eating the best possible diet. You can, you can order imagine Dairy Queen in on DoorDash one time. I, I don't think he's going to do it. I want him to do it. I think he will continue to live by the TB12 method. He'll call out for ice cream, but not get avocado ice cream. In every way but Chocolate alcohol, he'll continue to live the TB12 I mean, method. But you're looking at it from having enjoyed ice cream. He, he's not tempted to do it. He doesn't know what he's missing out on. So why would he automatically jump into it? Because all of this time, he, he knows that he, he doesn't know what he's missing, but he knows he's missing something. I mean, he does Subway, it, commercials, about, content, uh, he does Subway commercials about not eating the product he's right, advertising. Right, he's holding the product. He has no, I mean, he's not even tempted to even take a bite of the bread. Yeah, look, I, I envy the people that don't have good food for so long that they don't ever want it again. That could just shut out sweets. For instance, because they haven't had it in seven years and they don't have any craving for it at all. It doesn't even look good to them. Don't you think at the That's Derby, Vrabel this time is going to say, come on, Tommy, have one time. Have this, have this cho- gourmet chocolate pretzel that's in our box. Tom Brady One will time. chug fine scotch. <laughs> He's not going to eat a damn blizzard. One time. It's just not going to happen. One time. Try this blizzard. No, he's not, it's not going to happen. One time. He won't do it. I want to make him do it. I think, I think people egging him on to do Your it will make him not want to this, do it even more. He would say, well, do the 2B12 method, Paul, for a year. You haven't tried that, so try that. Why not? You're not... You have no interest in you doing that. You want to look like me? That's what he's going to say. Yeah, well, you want to look like me? I mean, if, if you'll pay my salary for that year so that I could dedicate myself to it, you got a deal. 
No, do do TB12. Follow all the the rituals. Well, it's not a full time job. Yeah, it's just what you <laughs> eat not, and how you work it's out. It's just a diet. It routine. seems like it. Being disciplined and staying fit seems to me like a full time job. He's made a, he's made it his life. <laughs> I mean, it's I mean, if you look out. at him, it's definitely been a full time. It's job. it's worked out well. Eat the strawberry. Coming up, some uh, discussion on just the the, the numbers. It, it's really hard to discuss the impact Brady had on the game, other than just saying he's the GOAT. That's all-encompassing. But the numbers behind the career are just incredible. And the numbers behind what could end up being the class of 2027 for the Pro Football Hall of Fame, and I mentioned this with Paul and Armando on Saturday, this may may set another record. Brady may gift the, the selectors with what could be the fastest um, the, the the fastest selection in the history of this process, which is normally a meeting, Paul, that goes, what, seven and a half, eight hours? It's been longer than that. It's not going to take that long because of the other players that could be joining um, Brady and all of it. Stay tuned. More coming on Outkick 360. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Outkick 360 rolls on across the Outkick network. Over the last seven seasons, the New York Jets have lost 76 regular season games. In 22 years, Tom Brady lost 73 regular season games. Three less than what the Jets have done in seven. And that's what's remarkable about Brady. Speaking of seven, you can divide his 22 seasons in thirds and look at it from seven seasons. And all of those seven-year stretches are Hall of Fame worthy. Yep. All of them. That, that, it is insane to break it down to that detail. And then when you combine it, it's going to end up being you know, faster than Brett Favre. Can you say Tom Brady faster than Brett Favre? Because that, that was what happened whenever Favre went in. They stood up, said Brett Favre, sat down. Um, but the, the class of 2027, five years from now, which is the, the uh, amount of time a player has to wait to be considered for Canton, you'll have Brady. Could have Gronk and most likely will have Gronk uh, because he'll retire this year. That's the expectation. Um, Adrian Peterson, if this is his final season, will be available. And Ben Roethlisberger. And then, Paul, you threw in another one during the break. It's not just four. Well, Clark Judge, uh, who's on the committee, um, wrote a column that I saw this morning where he threw in Aaron Rodgers. Uh, If he decided to retire instead of play somewhere else. Yeah. Which is possible. There's a lot of speculation out there that like Roethlisberger would be pushed to the side so that Brady could be the only quarterback <laughs> entering. That's just absolute silliness. Well, there Nobody was would uh, be thinking, and that I want to I want to see the five that were included. I feel like there was maybe one more in the the mix. Also, Peter King wrote about that, saying it's not crazy to believe that Ben Roethlisberger won't be in because the five that will push him out, that they'll just exceed. The five and the first five are maybe more deserving than Big Ben, which is crazy for people uh, to believe. I'm going to try to find the five names he put, but Aaron Rodgers was one of them in that scenario, that if he retires, 
he's going in before I don't Ben know Roethlisberger. Who the sixth would be that would shove Roethlisberger. Well, you just out. need five. He would be the sixth. Right, but you need five to push Roethlisberger out. So right now we're at four. Rodgers would be the fifth. You'd need yet another one. I don't know who that other one would be. Yeah, the players. Uh, let me see here. I'll, I'll find right. it because there's one that we're missing right now that we're not thinking about that would also be eligible. Seven Super Bowls for Brady, which is more than any other franchise in the NFL. He's won more Super Bowls than any franchise collectively. Um, he won a total of 35 postseason games. And that's crazy to consider when the second best quarterback in postseason wins is Joe Montana, who won 16. Brady has 35 victories in the postseason. And then at 44, he's playing some of the best football of his career. I mean, I've, I've, just looking at the numbers, it's like the second or third best season of his in, you know, in the individual season that's out there for, for the GOAT. He won 243 regular season games. That's the most by a quarterback in NFL history. Um, 243 regular season games. Brett Favre and Peyton Manning tied for second with 186. And then, I mean, consider, I, I think what, what also is interesting to consider with Brady is it's not like there's been this decline in his play and it all makes sense. This is, man, I wish he'd stick around because the, the play hasn't diminished to a point where you're like, yeah, we've, we've seen a great career. I, I'm, I'm still sitting here thinking what could be accomplished with him if he continues to play. Well, and if they're, they're, we're going to naturally you know, compare Brady to the all-time greats regardless of sport. And there's walking out on top and leaving the game on top like Michael Jordan did, hitting a shot over Brian Russell to win a title in your final year where you could clearly come back and still be maybe one of the maybe the best in the game. Um, but Brady's as close as you're going to get. I mean, when you look at him statistically, yeah, his team didn't win the Super Bowl, but there they were in the final four of the NFC, and he's mounting a comeback late in the game. And his career ends watching his defense give up a bomb from Matthew Stafford that loses the game. But absolutely, he could have come back and put up huge numbers again. That It's crazy to think about a 22-year career leaving me wanting more. But yet, I am disappointed that Brady's not coming back because I want to see what else he could have accomplished. Hot, when you and I uh, filmed that 10 minutes with Armando over the weekend, he was saying, you know, who's he play for in 2023? His contract yeah. voids after this year, so he's he's available. Uh, you know, you wouldn't have to negotiate with Tampa after this year. You know, and I think it's going to be a constant thing that comes up. It will be good team loses a quarterback during the well. First off, you know, what's he feel like in two months? Is there an itch? You know, we'll hear it around draft time. We'll hear it around free agency. Before that, we're going to hear it around free agency. Some quarterbacks move and everything. You know, is is Brady in play here? Would somebody trade something to the Bucks um, for him? We're going to hear it around draft time when somebody doesn't end up with a quarterback and comes out after the draft and there's an empty quarterback thing. Could Brady be in play here? Does Brady have an itch? We're going to hear it at the beginning of the season uh, at training camp. We're going to hear it at the end of training camp when somebody is unsatisfied with what they have or, they get or somebody gets hurt going to hear it during the season when a, when a team that's going relatively well gets an injured quarterback or whatever. You're going to hear it at the end of the season. 
when the contract expires and he, he would be a free agent, could pick his team again like he did with Tampa Bay. This thing is not, you know, we're a year away from it, a year, year and a summer away, a year and a half away from it really going quiet. But, so, he, but the one thing, Chad, that we, have, we heard him say that we have not heard some of the other great quarterbacks use in their retirement is satisfied. And he said that before he made the announcement. He said that after the season when he was asked about all of this. And he said, yeah, if I look back on things, I'm, I'm satisfied with what is. He would never use that word throughout his entire 22 seasons. But that, guy, that guy was lethal with his competitive drive. Because he was never satisfied. He was never satisfied. So the fact that he said that, to me, there's a different mindset with him right now than where he was four or five months ago. But did he use the word retire? I think not. Well, I mean, in in his you talking about today? Yeah, I'd have to go back and see. He didn't say the word retire. I think I saw somebody pointing out the fact that he didn't use the word. I mean, it started with this is really difficult for me to write, but I don't have. I'm not going to give it. You, you got to be all in, and I'm not all in anymore. I'm being competitive. By the way, the group that could keep Ben Roethlisberger from being a first ballot Hall of Famer, we know Brady is going to be now. Brady Gronk. Adrian Peterson, Aaron Rodgers, J.J. Watt, if he retires. J.J. Watt. Uh, was the other, he's got Tyron Matthew in there. But I, I don't put him over Roethlisberger. But Peter King also points out, what if Rivers or Manning is a leftover a year later that year also? Basically saying, I think it's overblown about first ballot Hall of Famers. I don't know. Does that- it matter if it happens on your second attempt to get in or your sixth? People that are in, and when you know them as a Hall of Famer, you don't often go back to, oh, it took a while for them to get in. That's true, and I agree that the first ballot thing is overblown for a lot of people. I I think Roethlisberger would get in ahead over Gronk. Yeah. I don't know. But that's an interesting debate with J.J. Watt also, if he were to retire this offseason, being thrown into that mix. I have not heard that about Watt, though, in the same way I've – we started to hear well, the that was the one I was Brady. thinking about that because he this was before Brady officially retired. So putting him in the mix, Gronk hasn't officially yeah. retired yet. But if he's out, and then we don't know what J.J. Watt's going to do. Also, did he only sign for one year? I'm looking that up really quickly. He uh, in the contract yeah, he, extension, he, vo- he voided out, so he's he's free agent. So he's going to need another team to to want him again. And look, the guy can play when he's healthy, but he's breaking down. And he's been at a he's, very regular rate for, yep. for quite a while already. Yep. There's a there there was one thing early in the season that I read where we could see Watt team up with his brothers in Pittsburgh on like a one year minimum type deal. Which but this be was cool. this was months ago. But and I didn't know he had, he had one year that he was getting the final year's contract. But that that might be the 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 point of the piece was who's going to their final year and could we see them at where could we see them beyond. 2021 but that that would make sense for one more year and he announces it but if if not yeah what what's a no-brainer pro football hall of famer yeah you know what's three-time so, defensive player what, of the year what's so secondary right now and i love that it's secondary and i hesitate to even bring it up on a day that tom brady officially retires one thing that not many people are talking about and i'm glad is who's the next tampa bay bucks quarterback that is so secondary to everything right but now. But they're right? another team in the mix now with all this quarterback need. But I'm I'm actually I say that to say I'm happy that it's not the immediate 
All right, now let's let's see who Tampa's going to go that piece, with. That piece is to out stay there. Relevant. It's just buried under all yeah. the Tom tributes. And I get it. I'm not begrudging someone who writes that piece for Tampa Bay Buccaneers fans, but for everyone else who admires greatness, I'm glad that right now it's about Tom Brady more than the Bucks' next quarterback. Never had a losing season in 20 years as a starter in the league, and he started his playoff career 10 and 0. Um, as as a guy who originally just came off the bench. Um, and I, I mentioned this yesterday, but 2027 will be uh, a, a number to keep up with because, or a year to keep up with, because that's when he'll be eligible. It's five years after the retirement. That's also the year that Mahomes will surpass him in career earnings. Which <laughs> is just crazy to think about. Price over, goes up. Over 20 years, 22 years. And he finished with the most passing yards and most passing touchdowns in the NFL this season and then leads practically every possible category all time for a career. It's, it's unbelievable uh, when you really think back on how it started for him and then where it ends, having won that, that, another Super Bowl with a different franchise. And I think that the Tampa Bay stint completely changed the complexion of the greatness of Tom Brady. Not that he would not have been considered great either way, but doing it with another coach, another franchise, another conference, it just completely cements it. And Paul, just going back to the decision of, man, there's a lot left. He said back in October, the quote was, I could literally play until I'm 50 or 55. My physical body won't be the problem. That, he was saying that in October. And now at the end of January, 1st of February, he announces his retirement and used the word uh, two weeks ago, satisfied. And that's what raised an eyebrow with everyone. That's why I'm so surprised because he talked for a long time. Yeah. Not about 50 or 55, but certainly about 46, uh, 45 or 46. And playing at the level he did, uh, you know, I used my Leo McGarry from West Wing thing last week, this idea that. Uh, uh, yeah, I understand the family demands, but you know, in in the political sense, your 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 term only lasts so long. In the football sense, your body only lasts so long, and you know, fifty fifty five is nonsense. But but forty six for for him playing as he did at forty four is believable and maybe doable. And while he doesn't have anything left to prove, I think he. I'm sure that there's still a part of him that would like to have said, I played high-quality NFL quarterback at age 46. Yeah. He could say it at 44, which is still quite impressive. 46, you know, 45 would be a notch more impressive. 46 would be a notch more impressive than that. And I think most of us think he could do it. Though I, more than you guys, I think, do think that he would hit a wall at some point over the next couple years where you just start to slow because it's inevitable and it happens to everybody. I understand his otherworldliness, but even to those guys, it happens. When do we start hearing about Tom Brady's uh, move to television? It's amazing how Sean Payton retires and immediately we've got him pegged for Amazon or Fox. I think he's going to go into TV. And the moment Peyton Manning retired, it was what network or what games does he want to do? He can do whatever he wants. I feel the same about Tom Brady. Having seen him open up now and show his personality and watching him on Man in the Arena, he can do whatever he wants on television. And he'd probably be very good at it. 
I think I just don't know that that's what he wants to do, but I, it, maybe the assumption is he doesn't want that. Uh, I think it's not what you hear. You hear about this that he's got clothes now, he's got TB12 now, which I think becomes ultimately a nationwide uh, thing. Yeah, and think- there's a third business venture. He's got three big business ventures that I think the presumption is he wants to grow those, dedicate his time to those, and then see. He has an NFT company also. NFT. We have got to do, we are going to do, I promise you, after NFL season's over, when things slow down, a three-hour show on NFT. We're going to get people on. We're going to explain what the hell it is, why it has and holds value, and how it's not just, which what I believe it is, just rich people doing things that rich people do. Well, the the NFT thing that he's doing, is that autograph? Is that what it's called? Yeah, autograph. I was looking at it this morning. And then it, it's more or less like cameo, but for rich people. Well, no, but it's it's for um, you know get special things signed yeah. and and sent to you. It's a good idea with what he's doing. But I mean, I say all this. Look, I don't think he's rushing to take on a bunch of other time commitments based on what he's saying about spending time and being there for his family. But I mean, Peyton Manning owns a ton of Papa John's locations, and he's got other businesses too. And he could still do some some TV things or some broadcast. Uh, does Brady, you know, throw in on Monday Night Football? The Manning? I mean, there are endless possibilities. Is my point about what is next for Tom Brady? I feel like the assumption is just he's going to sit back and watch these companies that he's hired people to run. I'm sure, see how they operate and figure out what's going to happen. Well, next. that's what Manning. But why did, not right? Tom Brady on TV? Manning sat back for a, a good while and kind of he's a, still kind assessed. of sitting back. Honestly. Right. The Manning cast is relatively yeah, I mean, he, he limited. He hasn't made a full time. Even the Manning cast isn't permanent on Monday Night Football. He's yet to and really make a full time commitment. That's not even the full season. Yeah. Right? How many games did they do? 11 of 17? Not all of them. Yeah, about half. Not even, oh, a little more, a little than, more half. than half. Yeah. With a playoff game. With there. one playoff game. But, I mean, I don't know. Uh, Chad, you're right. I mean, he, he would be great, but I don't know if Brady – is interested in it the same way Jordan wasn't interested in broadcasting, right? Yeah. Um, but I, I can tell you this, and just comparing the two, Brady is is set on making the TB12 brand just like the Jordan brand. That's the vision for him. Yeah. I, That's what they're talking about with TB12. They you'll wanna, be sitting there they soon spread that wearing globally. TB12. I mean, good luck. I, 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 that's, that's one. I, I, I hate to doubt Tom Brady on anything, but that, that ain't happening. Uh, that he's way behind uh, Michael Jordan from starting the Jordan brand and what Nike did with it from 1984-85 season on uh, with Air Jordans and everything else. I, I don't know that he can uh, accomplish that goal. Is well, it going to grow? Not, maybe yes. not from a shoe thing, but like from, uh, you know, you can, you can go to a high school football stadium and see high school football players wearing Jordan gear on their football uniform. You know, this would be the same thing. You'd have TB12 listed. Oh, and I'm not talking about shoes. I'm talking about the Jordan brand. I mean, there are Jordan yeah. brand schools. So if Tom Brady can get into that market where there are I, TB12 universities I think that's that it. across all sports, they wear TB12 brand, uh, more power to him. But he's got a ways to go for that. Coming up, we get into some of the coaching searches and decisions that are being made. Houston, uh, Jacksonville, and others remain open. We'll talk about that with John McClain of the Houston Chronicle. When we come back, though, hate in sports can be a good thing. And there's an example in a game that's happening tonight.
that we'll be watching. That's next on Outkick 360. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Chris Beard is playing back at Texas Tech tonight. And that's a good thing for the average college basketball and average sports fan. Outkick 360 rolls on from 6th and Peabody with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. I just thought of something else to bring up on Brady. I'll save that for McLean. Um, Chad, Texas fans, Texas Tech fans, well, there's a little hatred going on right now. And that is great for college basketball because it has us talking about college basketball on a day where Brady has retired. And we know the Super Bowl participants. And on a week where, as crazy as it sounds, I think, you know, middle America would rather talk about the Pro Bowl than college basketball. As crazy as that sounds. But there's a game tonight that everyone should be watching. Yeah, Texas fans don't care because they got their guy. They hired Chris Beard away, who took Texas Tech all the way to a national championship game. And what did that national championship game appearance get for for, uh, Chris Beard with Texas Tech fans? Rocks thrown at their bus and middle fingers all over the place and shouting and chants of bleep you uh, to Chris Beard as he returns with Texas, having spurned Texas Tech and left for a rival and the Texas Longhorns. And by the way, this is last night. Uh, this was last night after a shoot around. <laughs> this the was game, not today. The game is tonight. As the bus <laughs> is arriving, you can see Chris Beard in the front of the bus and people, I mean, angrily approaching this bus, middle fingers flying. Uh, at Chris Beard. I love it. I'm watching this and I'm thinking, we need more legitimate sports hatred Villains. like this, where I think of Lane Kiffin's return to Knoxville this year and that supercharged atmosphere with everything that went on in that. I love it. I think of uh, of Chris Beard returning tonight to Lubbock and taking on Texas. By the way, that game's ESPN2, 8 o'clock Central Time, 9 o'clock Eastern, one to watch. Um, I, I think it's terrific. Look, I don't, you know, Chris Beard left Texas Tech for Texas. Texas is a better job. You know, it's a better program. It's a, it's a better school. We all understand the allure of the University of Texas and why someone would take that job and leave Texas Tech. I also understand the hatred from Texas Tech people that we got to a national championship game. Texas, and you bolted. Texas has never done that. Yeah. They haven't done that. You didn't have to leave. We could have kept things going. We, we were willing to pay you whatever you wanted, and you left us. And they hate it. And I'm here for it. Well, and, and the vibe is we get, we were better than Texas, which has always been, you know, we, we've always been the redheaded stepchild in the yeah. state. And everyone is. Um, A&M would argue different, but everyone is. Everyone looks to Texas first. And Texas Tech accomplishes something that the Longhorns aren't doing. And they lose their coach to the Longhorns uh, because of the price tag. And everything that is a, well, a, everything, everything that comes with Texas that isn't at Texas Tech. So here's what's great about this matchup, too. Some would say awful, but I say great. It is going to be an absolute rock fight because both these teams are two of the best defensive teams in the country. Chris Beard made his mark at Texas Tech with defense, great smothering defense. 
Mark Adams, who took over for him, was an assistant. Uh, you know, the, he's got the same system defensively. These are two of the best defensive teams. This has 44-42 written all over it tonight with a number of skirmishes happening in this game. Well, so, and the chance and everything like that, the atmos- that atmosphere. It's gonna be while we're not trying to sit here and condone, you know, stuff we're not being saying violence, and, and but fights, yeah, say whatever we, you want. We Anger. want that passion Anger. back. Now, more than just showing up to a game, eating your popcorn, and going home like you just left a movie theater, right? Well, like, this is want... also what college sports is built upon it in is. many ways. And we need a little bit more of this where you legitimately can't stand your rival. It's, it's hard and to And when find you throw the wrinkle rival. in the rivalry of our coach left for this school, that only adds to that rivalry. I mean, it's really hard right now to find a, a legitimate coaching rival. Like where you're, uh, a team in conference is facing off twice. Uh, and you're trying to figure out, like, okay, these two dudes hate each other. They're going to shake hands at the end of the game. That Bruce, doesn't happen anymore. Bruce Pearl, John Calipari is one, but they've even gotten a little more civil over the last couple of years. Uh, Penny Hardaway versus a number of people would probably be another one just because the coaching establishment does not like him. Yeah. Uh, but you're right, Hutton. We need more of this. this. You know, you go back over the years, Dean Smith and Coach K. You know, there's legitimate not just schools that are rivals, but coaches that don't like each other. But I was trying like, Bob Knight and how many other coaches briefly had whenever this rivalry. whenever um you know Penny and Rick Barnes were getting into John it, they Thompson. were they were going to break off the 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 game every year. And I was like, please don't do this. Like you, you guys hate each other. More reason to play. Like on a neutral floor at Memphis in in Knoxville, doesn't matter to me, but just as the average fan, I want more vitriol because that was that was the late 90s, early 2000s college basketball season for me. You know, that, that gives you reason to tune in in December. Right now, there's no reason for it. We're not talking about the style of play tonight as much as we are the fact that Chris Beard's back at Texas Tech for the first time. Yeah, but I mean, basketball, if, if you watch these arenas, they're packed in the bigger games. So locally, I think it still has an impact. But nationally, I mean, college basketball has become a one-month sport. It captures the national attention starting in early March and ending with the Final Four. And until then, it's very much just a regional. If you're into your team and your team's good, you're following it, you can tune into a game and see great atmosphere. Hutton, we were both watching and texting about uh, LSU and Texas A&M the other night, which was a great finish and a great atmosphere in that game. You're going to catch games like that. And the refs let them play. Occasionally, yeah. I wonder what happens tonight. It's few and far between to I'm really not, capture everyone. I'm not averse to the John Cheney, John Calipari, I'll kill you uh, <laughs> post-game press conference. That, that is what we need more That's of. got some staying power. Well, and I, I think you could argue this with a lot of sports. Personality has been zapped out of yes. it. Yes. Yeah, where's John Thompson? Where's Lou Carnesecca? I mean, go down Those the list. Those kind of guys. You, know, you, you can go through every conference and – you know, Wimp Sanderson at Alabama. Like, they're just old college basketball mm-hmm. guys that would say whatever they wanted and that there were legitimate rivals Kremins. that way. There were a lot of personalities. I mean, that's part of it. We're just revealing part of why college but, basketball's But it, it's not just college now. basketball but, but because I think it, it, it's a college issue right now based on the way these coaches swap teams so much. You know, you got Wimp Samper, Sanderson who, like, he, it was in his blood that he was going to back his team. And these coaches now are there for what five years, and then they're moving on. They're you know they're moving around to different spots. Bruce Pearl's leveraging Louisville so he can get a uh, a huge raise at Auburn, and and absolutely he would have bolted for Louisville if Auburn wasn't going to step up and pay him. 
So I think it's more about what am I doing to set myself up for the next stop than it is I'm defending the, my university, my and being the why- key word. I don't know of too many coaches that feel that way. And I know I sound you know like a stoops right now by saying the program guy. Those guys just are few and far between now. And I think that's why we don't see the same guys speak their mind and defend their program because it's about the individual brand as much as it is the program that they're coaching for. Because in three years, who knows where they're going to well, be. Well, he also messed up some conferences. So you have somebody that like too. Bayheim. No, that's good. But the You're con- right. you know, has he got the rivalry with Georgetown and St. John's the, the same way he did? It's not, it doesn't mean the same. One way. good example of a, a college basketball villain, someone I hope more people hate, is Will Wade. I think Will Wade could have a natural rivalry with almost everyone because he is a very unlikable guy. The way he coaches on the sideline, his antics, everything we know about the strong-ass offer that he made to a player, all of that. But imagine the late 90s and the coaches that would have called him out the day of the game or the night before in a press conference, before even getting to the arena, right? Like, we're here to prove a point that you can't cheat and win. Well, now the only coach calling people out is Lane Kiffin. That's it. Uh, who did so today at his signing day press conference. Calling out that, A&M. That we are going to uh, talk more about, uh, I'm sure. There Sorry is a bombshell NFL story coming out. And let me first reference the uh, Politico writer, um, Alex Weprin, Weprin uh, who's tweeted this out. Brian Flores suing the NFL and the New York Giants alleging racism in hiring and includes private text from Bill Belichick. And it also includes Stephen Ross's offer to pay him $100,000 for every loss during the 2019 season in order to help the team get a better draft spot. We will continue to comb over this story during the break. We will lead off the next hour with it. John McClain joins us as well on OutKick 360.